Danzig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to Well, welcome HR to After HR Hours. After Hours Podcast, the only HR podcast that's um, beginning to question some of its life decisions, <laughs> uh, maybe even my career, you know, why HR? If there was only some sort of entertainment venue or even a podcast that could reconfirm the good parts of my field and help me monitor my mental health and, well, holy shit, Hannah Hampton, how the hell are you today? I mean, I guess I'm okay. A little concerned about my friend now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally, I'm totally good. And I know you're okay. <laughs> well, as, as well as can be expected, but Hey, let's jump right in. We got a lot of info to put into a, a relatively short wow. uh, podcast. I have found that the shorter we keep it, the better our listeners to appreciate and come back. So here we go. They're just like, Oh, these guys shut the fuck up, but I'm still going to listen. Shit. Going to just, <laughs> Touch upon something. That's what she said. This is going to be an article. We're going to be tempted to jump in and, and, and make a topic, but we're not going to yet. We have a history with the Golden Arches. We talk about so them a lot. We do talk about them a lot. Usually not about good stuff, but we have talked about some innovative things they've done with human resources before and recruiting. But this time, this is interesting because we've cited some lawsuits from employees, from franchise employees that have that have cited what they consider discrimination. Now, this mm-hmm. is interesting, though. This is different. McDonald's to face a $10 billion race Billion discrim- with a B. Billion with a B. But, but a $10 billion race discrimination suit from Byron Allen. I'm not sure if you're familiar with comedian Byron Allen. He's had some of those entertainment shows. But don't worry, folks. He didn't have to take a part-time job with McDonald's or anything. (laughs) So what Byron Allen is claiming is he is claiming that McDonald's deliberately is choosing not to advertise with Black-owned media outlets, including his own AMG Entertainment Studios and Weather Group. He alleges that they give less than five million of their 1.6 billion with a B of their 1.6 billion dollar annual television advertising budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're only giving five million of that 1.6 to Black-owned media, despite the fact that Black consumers represent 40 percent of McDonald's U.S. sales. So basically he's saying this is extremely disproportionate. They're not investing into black media groups for and utilizing them for advertising. Been, this has been simmering for a while. The case was thrown out in December, but then Allen amended the suit and it was reinstated shortly thereafter. It, it's interesting just because what's different about this, basically the suit is telling McDonald's how to spend their advertising dollars. Yeah. So we'll go That's back. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. You know how I am. I'm not a fan of people telling, you know, me how to spend my money professionally. But that is $5 million out of $1.6 billion budget. That That is a little lopsided. Regardless of how this goes, and we'll keep an eye on it, I am yeah. excited about the topic you're bringing to the table today. So I'm going to step yeah. back for once, shut my pie hole, and <laughs> Hannah Hampton. Tell us about uh, toxic positivity. Yeah, so that's, I thought it'd be a really interesting topic for us to discuss because it's toxic positivity. It's not necessarily just in the workplace, but it certainly is a topic I think it's important to address within the workplace. And before we jump into it, I do want to share uh, the 
uh, definition of it. So this is from the psychologygroup.com. It says toxic positivity is the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. So I've seen toxic positivity in articles recently and, uh, you know, just bringing up how um, it's it's not a good thing. And, you know, I think in the past you've always think about optimism and staying positive. And, you know, certainly articles will say optimism is not a bad thing, but it's overdoing that positivity, that excessive, I guess, like ignoring the bad. It's only the good. And I feel like it's something that's important to address in the workplace because I think we've all been there. You know, you and I have been in the workforce for a number of years and we've probably had a boss who, you know, only wanted us to stay positive and don't be sad about that. Just focus on the positive, focus on the positive. And that can really just screw up people and uh, deny them their feelings and their experience. So, you know, before we talk about it more, uh, Nick, what do you know about toxic positivity? What have, what have you learned? So I want to make sure I understand the topic because I am definitely a Johnny come lately on this one mm-hmm. because I've been someone that's been really shifting to be a more positive individual. But basically you're meaning like, let's say we're in our group working on a project and we're all talking about what we've been doing lately. And I were to say, well, things haven't been great lately here at uh, Danzig Manor. Things have been kind of, I've been down a little bit. I haven't been getting as far as I want to on some home projects. And I just kind of feel, I don't know, I just feel kind of blah lately. And then if you were just to come back with, oh, well, Mick, you know, everyone has their their down periods. Everything's fine. Hang in there. That's actually could be considered toxic positivity, right? Correct. And so, You know, I'm going to go back to the psychologygroup.com article, but they said some of the signs of toxic positivity are hiding or masking your true feelings. And, you know, I want want to get back to that one, but I feel like it's all about bringing your authentic self to work. And if you're telling somebody they can't, uh, that is not allowing people to be themselves. But hiding and masking feelings, trying to just get on with it by stuffing or dismissing an emotion. So just keeping those emotions inside. Number three, and I think this one's really interesting, feeling guilty for feeling what you feel. So if you'll feel bad about feeling bad. Uh, Number four, minimizing other people's experiences with feel good quotes or statements. Like just be positive. Trying to give someone perspective. Oh, it could be worse. Instead of validating their emotional experience. Number six, shaming or chastising others for expressing frustration or anything other than positivity. And then uh, personal brushing off things that are bothering you with an it is what it is. So it's really just not allowing people to feel their feelings. And I think it's really important, especially in the workplace, to allow people to process feelings, to be disappointed. I think our we watched the workplace We've really watched it uh, evolve in the past 10, 15, 20 years, you know, where you just focus on your work and you want you, you only want your boss to see you as a positive person. Well, I feel like Gen Z millennials are coming in and saying, hey, it's OK to feel feelings. Let's go ahead and and not be afraid to be disappointed, to be upset, to not be happy. It's good. That brings your authentic, authentic self into your work life, being more comfortable and OK with with who you are. 
So I love everything you just said, and here's why. It, you, you know, you talked about the morphing and, and the workplace has changed. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I heard a couple of things you said that if maybe a someone in my in our Gen X generation would say, where we all we all kind of feel like, hey, we had to pay our dues, so should they? they. Right. But we've often discussed in the past the you know the boomers, and and now it's. People are almost making the boomers the butt of all the jokes. And so I see so many sides to this because there are a couple of things you said there where I know someone listening to this podcast, probably not most people, but someone heard it and they're like, oh, their feelings. Here we go. More of that woke conversation <laughs> and, you know, and getting someone wanting to get out on their front lawn and shake their rake. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand why they would think that for a second. But here's what it is. If you're thinking, oh, but we've already worked on making it a more kinder, gentler, open workplace and we allow feelings and I get it. But how far are we going to go? We haven't gone that far because to me, all toxic positivity is it's just basically taking the old rub some dirt on it mentality. And let me tell you, I was when my son was younger and I was at his first fast pitch baseball game and one of his teammates just took a ball to the ribs. I mean, the pitcher just nailed him and he goes down. And of course, everyone's like, (gasps) and then all of a sudden these dads and assistant coaches are going, oh, shake it off, rub some dirt on it. It's like two things. A, dude, it fucking hurt the kid. Let's let him feel acknowledge the pain. Let them acknowledge the pain because that's okay, right? That's okay. Your body tells you there's pain because there's something wrong, right? Yeah, and they're they're dismissing it to kind of keep the kid from not crying. And you know what? If I'm in pain, especially that could be a cracked rib, I'm going to cry if it hurts that much. So let me cry. Don't make me feel bad about it, like you just said is one of the one of the signs or side effects of toxic positivity, if you're going to have some pleasantries in your meetings or calls or Zooms or whatever it is, and someone doesn't give this cookie cutter, everything's great, had a wonderful weekend with the kids, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. So and you dismiss it or you just give them basically a very eloquent rub some dirt on it, man, that's going to really push them down. And if they're true, but acknowledging pain, like letting people acknowledge pain, I think is not a bad thing. You know, if if something hurts and something hurts, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just as easy. You could say, well, listen, man, if uh, I hear you and that sounds tough, if things don't get better and you need to talk to someone, give me a call. Well, Well, you know, you and I can talk one on one, but really you at least want to the bare minimum is acknowledged that you hear what they're saying, that you're just not brushing over them to get to the next person. And then, you know, empathize, even if it's, you've got to gauge what's what's acceptable and what's professional or not. But if someone says something, you've at least got to acknowledge it, empathize, and whether or not you want to offer to let them call you later or whatever becomes the appropriate professional response don't just, you know, don't make them feel bad. Yeah. Don't tell them everything's going to be better. Well, here's the other thing that's why it's important to acknowledge in the workplace. If you create a culture where people can't bring up pain or failures, they're just going to hide things from you. And and they'll be afraid to fail or afraid to 
to bring problems to you because it's all about, oh, just put a smile on your face, just stay positive. That'll fix everything. And it won't. And, you know, I think there's something really special about being vulnerable in front, especially if you're a leader within your company, being vulnerable and allowing people to have bad days and allowing them to make mistakes. I, I know that that's take it beyond that toxic positivity, but I feel like if you are in a toxic positivity workplace, then that discourages people from asking for help, from feeling that this is a trusted place. It brings a lot of bad things to the workplace. And let's all let's all remember we're human beings. We make mistakes. We have feelings. So let people have that. And again, there's optimism is a good thing, but it's just taking it too far. It's like finding that balance and uh, being okay with the balance in the workplace. Absolutely. We don't want a task force of Stepford co-workers <laughs> that had just this robotic, everything is fine, everything is great response, because eventually if they feel that's all they can do, you're going to lose your people. People are going to feel confined. They're going to feel like it's a toxic environment. So it had the, you know, you've actually created the exact opposite of what you thought you were doing. And it is good to have bad times and then you can celebrate. That's how you feel the good times and that's how you celebrate. And yes, we learn from mistakes, but we can't just always say it's going to get better. It's, you know, how can we attack? Or saying it could be worse. Like, of course, yeah, oh. it could be worse, but this also sucks. So acknowledging like, yeah, of course, things could always get worse for the most part. But that's just, I feel like that's rude. Like, yeah. But acknowledging that whatever's happening sucks too. Can I do to help you get through this? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's great. I mean, and it is. That's where you can have real conversations with your people. Of course, make sure there are appropriate conversations and appropriate topics. People really put a lot of weight into whether or not they feel like they're being heard at home, mm -hmm. at work, et cetera. And, you know, and that's something I learned from you, Hannah. And I, I've grown so much working with you. And I, I know this, and this is real. This is not me being putting on a facade or a character here, but, you know, I have grown as a person. And one of the things, you know, by working with you, and I love that you are able to stop a conversation and say, hey, listen, I'm calling shenanigans. You're trying to tell me how to fix a problem that I'm not asking your advice on. I'm just telling you, this is a problem I'm dealing with right now. It That's it. Just, it sucks. <laughs> I want you to say, dude. That it does, does sound suck. like it suck. And, and and that's it. And you'll, you know, and, and I'll let you know I'm here if you want me to be here. But you, you're not telling me everything you tell me for me to either weigh in on it or offer advice. You know, what the fuck do I know? What do most of us know? We're not experiencing what those around us are experiencing. But we have to acknowledge that we don't fully understand, but we do know that they are experiencing something that maybe is going to impact them. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe it'll make it the way to work. Maybe it won't. But you got to let them know that, A, if things get worse and you need to take some time off or whatever you need, be sure that I, I'm here if we need to have a follow-up conversation. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, just telling someone, you know, that it could be worse and things always get better. That is no better than telling someone, yeah, well... I got hit harder by a ball when I was your age. Rub some dirt on it. Get over yes. it. Yes. Oh, I hate that. That's the whole, like, I don't know, somebody coming in and one-upping you. Oh, that's the worst. And then it's just like, okay, yeah, I get it. It happened to you, uh, but every situation is different. So please just help. let me acknowledge how I'm feeling. 
uh, validate my feelings are okay to feel, which again, I think that's huge is letting people feel their feelings and validating that it's okay to feel that way. But absolutely, that's a really good example. And remember, we want to be approachable as leaders, uh, managers, as HR leaders, whatever it is. If someone thinks you're just going to dismiss whatever they bring up, you're not approachable. You're the opposite of approachable. Absolutely. So, you know, this is and something. I think, and again, that I brought up the vulnerability. I feel like it looks, you know, reminding people that you're a human too. I feel like the higher you go, go up that that corporate ladder, you know, the more people look at you as like, you can lose your humanity a little bit. So making sure that people realize that you're still human, you make mistakes, you have failures, you get upset, you have emotions, and that's okay. And it's, I think we've all worked with people, especially with executives who, who mask that, and that's not a good thing. And, you know, we you need to remind yourself that you're human. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was just what I was like, am I going to toss her a softball to hit the uh, our favorite yeah. slogan out of the park here? But I'm going to throw a little spin on it and say, you know, one of the things we're really working on is putting the human back in human resources. But we also just want to put the, you know, human back into human being, you know, being yeah. there for each other, practicing good mental health, helping other people find resources when they need it. That's the direction you're going to see this podcast continue to take. Uh, really focus on things for good mental health, both inside and outside of work, you know, validation and those things to keep you excited about bringing a positive impact to the workforce and to, you know, your people. But I've got to jump off this subject. So we're running out of time. <laughs> Here's the deal. So this is, we're officially in fall. We'll probably yeah. re release this episode right before the 1st of October. And you know what that means, Hannah. Halloween. <laughs> we love Halloween. We love Halloween. So, yes, we uh, do. We're very excited. Our next podcast episode is going to be our annual This Is Not an HR Podcast Halloween Spooktacular. So if there's anything in particular that's Halloween-y that you would like to share with the team, articles, events, things you're aware of, your favorite movie, anything that you think is great for a business practice to change it up to celebrate the seasons, anything at all, shoot us an email, give us a call, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Hannah and I are huge Halloween people. We were discussing it earlier. And I said that one of the very few positive things to come out of the pandemic is everyone is decorating early for all the different yeah. holidays. I'm seeing some great Halloween decorations. I'm going to go buy some new stuff. I'm real excited about it. I'm already putting my favorite Halloween specials and new horror films in, in my queue and even some of the fun, goofy stuff. Hannah and I are big Rob Zombie fans and his new Monsters reboot. The yeah. Monsters coming out on Netflix. <laughs> we don't know if that's going to be any good or not. So I'm sure we'll discuss that on the podcast. But I'm real excited about Halloween this year, Hannah. Yay, me too. All right. Well, we look forward to your feedback. Make sure to get on whatever platform you use to download of us. Give us five stars. We deserve it. We love you. And <laughs> how do we close it, Anna? Let's keep the human in human resources. Anna Hampton, always a pleasure. You rock.